0: To three games podcast for uh, mid July 2019. My name is Tom Chick, and my game of the week is not Fields of Glory 2.
1: Ooh, this is Nick Diamond, and my game of the week is
2: not Thief. Mm. And I'm Jason McMaster, and my game of the week is not Final Fantasy 5.
0: Wow, that's, are you still playing 14, McMaster, the little cute online thing that you still have to pay a subscription fee for? Are you still into that?
2: You, yeah, I'm still playing that. What so. level are you? I am level, God, what was it, 54? Huh. Something?
0: What level are you in Guild Wars 2, by the way?
2: I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've How played about Guild that? Wars
0: 2. I think you need to get your priorities straight, McMaster. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll,
2: have to <laughs> keep, I'll keep that in mind. I didn't know I was uh, letting anybody down. <laughs>
1: You, well, speaking, are, are, yeah, go are ahead. you one of the cat women in Final Fantasy?
2: Oh my God, that's a thing!
1: I don't know, isn't it? No, no,
2: not <laughs> now. There's actually a race of cat men, but they're men only. Oh boy! Oh, well, that's uh, rude. Why
0: can't why can't cats be chicks? But,
2: well, the men uh, or men can't be uh, bunny people. Uh, so. Are you? Oh, this is uh, disgusting.
0: Oh this is like that scary scene in The Shining where. Uh, uh, Shelly Duvall right. sees those furries performing acts on each other. Terrifying. It's like,
1: the, it's like the trailer for the new Cats musical.
0: You know,
2: I just I imagine Mike Cathcart <laughs> crashing his car right now. Aren't uh, there cat people just... in.
0: <laughs> when he's, he's listening a... to this? Doesn't Elder Scrolls have like cat people?
2: <clears throat> it does. Uh, Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, the the Khajiit, yeah. Uh...
1: Ooh, that's a good question. Best cat people in a game? Well, is obviously Guild Wars. No, no, it's it Guild Elder Wars 2.
0: Come on, it's Guild Wars 2. Everybody knows. Please, come on. Oh, they are pretty cool cat people in yeah. that game, though. Yeah, I'll give you see. that. They're yeah. pretty good.
1: Yeah, but the ones in Wing Commander have conquered space.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah, Go ahead, Chris Roberts Rocky. fan. Yeah, if you love Chris Roberts, I can see why you'd want to pick that. Yeah. That's that, the thing that's is, cool. those, those Zinti, they have the stink of Chris Roberts on them now. Yeah, they do. Can't wash that out.
1: Yeah. I mean, but that movie is great.
0: Oh, you're talking about the movie version, actually. Oh, sure. What, is there like a is there like a big prosthetic, like a practical effect? Is there a guy in a cat suit in the Wing yeah, Commander big movie? Yeah, puppet looking dudes. Oh my god, is there yeah, anyone yeah. famous under it? No, I always forget I about so. that thing.
1: Oh, they're terrible.
0: Wow, now I'm, I'm, I'm morbidly curious to check out the Wing Commander movie. Oh, <laughs> wait, have you not oh. seen it? No, why would I see that? <gasps> yeah, I haven't either. No.
1: Oh my gosh, you guys, what? That you was know, awful.
0: Nick, I played privateer with Clive Owen. I I feel like that's you can't top that with any live action shenanigans in the Wing Commander universe. That's as good yeah. as it gets.
2: Yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
0: You played privateer with Clive Owen. <laughs> Isn't a privateer freelancer. One of those privateer games, Clive Owen is the main actor.
1: Is the voice. Oh, yeah. is
0: he? No, not just the voice. His, his full-on face, live-action footage. Like oh, is his, it really? Yeah, before anyone knew who he was. Long before Croupier, the Mike Hodges movie that kind of put him on the map, he was just some schlub doing video games. And he's the lead actor in one of the... I think it's privateer freelancer or something like that. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, I'm sure all those are on YouTube, but you could enjoy his fine early career as a video game actor.
1: I know. He's no Matthew
0: Millard. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, that is true. That is true. Been.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, well, McMaster, I need to know what you So, before we record the podcast, we tend to sort of check in. Hey, what are you playing? What are you going to talk about so we can maybe uh like overlap and and look into what each other's playing. McMaster, whatever you said, I have no idea what you're talking about. What is this thing? You... So, you're playing another auto chess game? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm playing one of the variants of other Chess that we we briefly mentioned in the last podcast.
0: And what, what how is this one different, and what's it called? Because you you talked about there was the I guess the League of Legends one and the Dota one. Yeah. Is that okay? So it's the League of Legends one. I see. And before you were playing the Dota one, right? Huh. So it's got to be dramatically different.
2: Actually, it's a lot more different than you would expect. It's uh it the, I guess the thing that appeals to me about it is the same thing that appeals to me just about every game, uh, like this is it's it's uh it's difficult and dense.
0: And what it's called so, Firefight you know. Team Tactics or whatever? What is this called? <laughs> no <laughs> God. no. it's uh, a team fight tactics. Team yeah. fight Tactics. oh I was close. Come on, don't don't pretend I was pulling like, something yeah, out of my hat.
2: I feel like I'm gonna need a fire hose extension or something <laughs> for for a
0: controller uh, for that. You were, there was an arcade game like that, but anyway, I digress. So, um, team fight tactics, I recall you mentioning two of them, and you spoke a little bit about the differences between them. Why have you jumped ship? What happened?
2: Um, uh, One day, I, I needed something new to stream, and uh, so I thought I'd give it a shot, and uh, it turns out I like it more than I expected. Um uh, I mean, the, the big differences are. I mean, the, the battlefield itself is not that that big of a difference. It, it is kind of it, it's it's like a nine squares across and six up, but uh, they're also hexagons for some reason or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big the big difference actually is in in Dota uh, Underlords and in Auto Chess. When you get an item, it's just whatever that item is. Uh, in Teamfight Tactics, they take it a step farther towards like the way that Dota and League of Legends works, where you combine two items to make a better item. Uh, and each of your characters can hold three items instead of just one, like in Dota Underlords or in Auto Chess. So if you have, for instance, just to give a, a quick... Uh, just an example for people who actually you know know League of Legends. Uh, if you combine two lar- you know, BF swords, you get an Infinity Edge, which is the one that g- it gives. That's just, I think double critical damage. So it, basically, all the different items in the game can be combined to make larger items um, that are better. Suited. So not only are you worried about positioning for your characters with their artificial intelligence, now you're also worried about their gear.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this is something that you have control over, and it's the stuff that you set between missions, I guess.
2: Somewhat, right. So it's also a little bit more difficult than auto chess in that way as well. In auto chess, you could take... Um, you could take equipment off of a character and put it onto another one In team fight tactics. You have to basically sell the character that it's on to get the item back. So your choices are either, you know, you can sell the character or they're going to keep whatever items on them. So there is a bit of you having to decide between whether or not you're going to have this character that might not fit with a certain item on it after a while, or if you want to sell them, um, And it makes things a little bit more permanent. Um, But, yeah, basically, positioning and item layout, plus having to get, you know, three of the one-stars and then three two-stars to
0: level up. Um, Can I be a cat person in this game?
2: A cat person? Uh, There is Ringar, the assassin, who is like a cat person, so yes. What
0: about a bunny person?
2: Let me think. think... I don't know if there's any straight-up bunnies.
0: Do you actually know no. all the characters? Because there's got to be, like, what, 50 characters, no?
2: Yeah? Uh, there might be more than that. But, yeah, I know. Well, I mean, i played League of Legends for a long time. I never really played much Dota 2, so... Uh, or, In a
0: uh, Team Fire t- Tactics fight, <laughs> what, what, uh, what what tier are you? <laughs> uh, I'm well, sorry, McMaster, I have to apologize. I just... I. I I I fall I, my eyes are glazing over. I mean I <laughs> uh, uh, I was uh, I was uh, I was mildly interested to have you describe this before, but I can't believe that this is something that you've been playing for like two four weeks now. This like weird free to play uh, hands off throw a bunch of stuff into a box and see if you won the game against eight other people game. What, <laughs> is it? Just like are are you suffering from ennui about other video games? Uh, no, no,
2: no. It's uh, it, this is totally a thing, you know. Uh, I'm. Uh, they actually just introduced ranked in a new patch uh, yesterday. Aha! What rank are you? So there
0: you go. If you're, if I you're... just
2: mm-hmm. started, so I'm in bronze right now. Mm,
0: um, okay. But
2: it's kind of if this works the way it thinks that I think it works because it, if it works like Dota Underlords, you start. At zero and your wins give you a bunch of points and your losses don't take as many points initially, you know, uh, until you kind of even out. So Mm -hmm. pretty sure you start at the bottom. Um, And that's the way it was with Underlords as well. It's kind of weird uh, because they don't do like a lot of placement games. There's only like three. So uh,
0: it's it's interesting. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, Nick, Uh, this is
0: the one that you tried, right?
1: I did try this one. I didn't, I, I don't, the problem, I switched over to Dota Underlords pretty quickly, though.
2: Yeah, I mean, the big problem with this, with this one is that there's no tutorial, and there's no real explanation for it. And it's one of those things where I can't say one way or the other that, I mean, I, I just know how I am, and that's why I like it. I, I like stuff with a lot of different moving parts uh so uh it just kind of appeals to me from that angle um but it does it has a lot i mean it otherwise is a, a relatively similar game it's just that they've done some kind of strange things to it uh every few rounds you have this weird like round where there's a circle of characters that just kind of rotate and they all have items on them and depending on what where you are, first or eighth, uh, starting at the bottom, it allows people to, you know, it it drops, or you're surrounded by these force fields, and whoever's at the lowest point, their force field drops first, they get first picked from the circular rotating choice of champions with items, and then it goes all the way up until the, the person who's in first place is picked, and then you go and do a battle instead of, like, just the regular five, like dudes to choose from at the bottom it's kind of like this strange like round where you you have to run and grab stuff from the center uh so and
0: is this something you've been streaming a lot actually i have been um some yeah mm-hmm. yeah is it a good streaming game yes actually and i'll
2: i'll tell you well i'll tell you why it's a good streaming game because there's two types of viewers there's the type of viewer who is into what you're doing, and then there's the type of viewer who does not care at all. And the doesn't-care-at-all viewer, I, I usually let them play like YouTube songs and stuff over my stream. So they just like to sit around and talk, and it's so non-involved for them that it's not really a, you know, something that they get upset
0: about music being played over. <laughs> so a good game to stream is one that people can easily ignore.
2: Uh, it, it, uh <laughs> at a certain, if they like you, yes. Right, <laughs> no, was, right. If they're mad, and they have to watch you, then no, it is not a good game to <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, The kids love yeah. it, though, it's very popular. It's intensely popular. The kids love they, what, team fight tactics? Uh, well, the, the whole auto-chess. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. They're, they're both,
0: like, incredible. Incredibly um, popular at this point. Um, uh, have you guys and... heard of this thing called uh, Fortnite? They no. like that too. That's one they should look into. That they also like. But,
2: that is that hot? Okay.
0: Yeah, super hot. I'll
2: put I'll put this out here for you. All right. So on Twitch look right now, by viewers, right? Teamfight Tactics has 103,000 viewers. Uh-huh. Ask them, and that's second place uh-huh. over Fortnite with 95,000 viewers.
0: So uh, okay, I uh, kids love both of them a lot.
2: <laughs> well, right, yeah. I mean, but, so I mean, if you're saying it's a good stream game, people do want to see. I it see, well. right? Sure, you know, sure. like uh-huh. you know, how's Minecraft doing? Uh, Minecraft's always doing well. Unfortunately, <laughs> for well, not for not unfortunately. Than, I mean, other than
0: Notch, but uh, yeah, no. If you want to support yeah. that guy's politics, go for it, McMaster. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I mean, if you, Microsoft, did, you heard about the uh, the patch, right? That Microsoft released.
0: I have not. I have not. No, like my, I, I, um, I haven't heard anything about my, Minecraft in probably two years because I haven't been listening. So, to what, what's going on with Minecraft?
2: So it takes, it it takes just one uh, one quick bit of setup, which was there was after the most recent round of Notch things that went no. out. Somebody put this cartoon out where this kid's talking to his dad, and he's like, man, that Minecraft sure is cool. And he's like, yeah, it is, son. He's like, where did it come from? And the dad's like, it came from space, son. It came from space. And uh, Microsoft released a patch that removed Notch's name from everywhere except for creator (laughs) of the game, and the patch notes were it came from space. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That made me so happy. But anyway.
0: (laughs) And good for Microsoft. Nice work,
2: Yeah, I thought so, too. I mean, right. it's not like it's not like he owns it anymore, either, so right, it's not his right. right to have his name all over it.
0: <laughs> all right, McMaster, will you make me a promise?
2: Oh, God, yeah. I know what this promise is going to
0: be. <laughs> Sometime in the next two weeks, will you play a game that uh, is an actual game and not like a mod for children? Uh, (laughs) a a mod for children yeah if hundreds of thousands of children are watching this on Twitch I'm sure that tells you something yeah what Skittles colored (laughs) board game are you playing this week um (laughs) Crisis at Steamfall (laughs) okay my And you're right, it is very lovely Skittles colored. I feel like I could eat these little red pieces right here. They'd be delicious. Or the purple ones would be great. Mm. Yeah,
2: Tom Chick featuring Advanced Candyland.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, team fight tactics. Uh, I guess it could have been worse. I guess we could have heard about your level 57 cat dude in Final oh, Fantasy XIV. you 14.
2: She almost did. That was the other option, so. <laughs> oh,
0: Sweet. <laughs> maybe in two weeks, if you're still going. Oh wrong. yeah, maybe so.
2: Yeah, right. like I said, I guarantee you, Cathcart's crashed and died by now because of the cat
0: person talk. This is our friend Mike. Uh, what he, yeah. he doesn't like people talking about the cat people or what? What was? Why? No,
2: no, no. Every time I talk about a game that Mike is super into, which he's super into Final Fantasy 14, he he's always so so, like, irritated by the things I screw up when I talk about it that I just try not to talk about it. <laughs> I see, right.
0: <laughs> well, lest you lead people further astray with Final Fantasy 14 let's find out what Nick Diamond is playing. Uh, and he's playing it passively, like a a, a conscientious, conscientious objector.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm playing Dishonored 2. Uh, but, you know, Dishonored 2, obviously you have the Uh, High chaos, which is you go through the game and you just kill anybody that gets in your way. Uh, And then there's low chaos, which is, uh, you know, you can just knock people out. And I'm trying to play it uh, without knocking people out at all.
0: Oh, wait. I thought it was just like non-lethal, like not even hitting them on the noggin and making them unconscious.
1: Right, right.
0: So it's like ghosting or whatever in in Hitman, whatever it is where you you never even get – no one ever even sees you, that kind of thing?
1: It's kind of that, except so the game will count. Uh, if you knock people out from behind, uh, the game says you're fine. You're fine. That's that's nonviolent or whatever.
0: Oh, I see. Fast. Otherwise, like a frontal knockout is like melee combat. Right. I see. Whereas
1: I'm trying to play it without even knocking people out. I'm just trying to dodge oh, wow. all the guards.
0: Oh, not right. even that's from a, behind. Yeah. Not yeah. even sneaking up on Oh, jeez. How frustrating and implausible is this?
1: Oh, it's so, okay. So there's a couple spots where, uh, and so I'm on the second to the last level of the game. Wow! Uh, obviously, I've played through it before, just being an asshole and just killing everyone that gets in my way. Huh? Um, playing it non lethally, non violently is very frustrating.
2: <laughs> i imagine it's, uh, so yeah.
1: yeah, it's 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 to the point where it it always feels like uh i'm playing a hitman 2 level that's gone wrong
0: right right because well it wasn't built for that was it like is this a no yeah this is like a, a sort of a hack that people apply to it is trying to beat it this way right
1: right yeah 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 and and to be fair there's right there's the main bosses of every level you're gonna have to assault them right you're you're gonna have to do something to them at the end either it's if not kill them, you do something terrible to them where you ruin their life or whatever. Um, And there's this couple spots, like the beginning tutorial where, no, no, you're gonna have to knock someone out or choke them or kill them, because there's no way to get past this, you know, person. Um, So one of the interesting things that, if you haven't played Dishonored 2, for the people out there, but one or two (laughs) that haven't played this game, uh, Dishonored 2 gives you the choice of playing As the assassin from the first game. uh, Or you can play uh, a new character, which is the uh, deposed empress. Who's this young woman, 20, 17, whatever. Um, And she has a completely different set of powers. And if you pick her, it is going to be impossible to play the game this way. Because... The one very necessary power that you have to have is blink, which is the males uh kind of teleport mm-hmm. ability right? mm-hmm. she doesn't get that she gets a like a weird she gets a power where she can like extend shadowy tentacles that will pull her around um but the problem there is if the guards see you, they see you it 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 can pull you out of places very quickly but the guards will see you and then they'll chase you and and if they
0: see you is there no nonviolent out like can you eventually run away and they just stop following you
1: uh you can but the guards in dishonored 2 are pretty smart and they'll follow or throw rocks at you okay yeah like, now, there, there's a patrol area where they won't go out of but like they will follow you across the level
0: now practically speaking uh, is this just a whole bunch of quick save, quick load, quick save, quick load, quick save, quick load?
1: Uh, I mean, I guess you could play it that way, but that would be pretty cheaty.
0: Wait, that's not what you're doing. No. Wait a minute, hold on. But you, surely you're saving in the middle of levels, right?
1: It, well, yeah. I mean, I, I have a life, so I have to, you know, eat <laughs> well, what in or, what's or determines the dog out or whatever?
0: <laughs> right. But what determines where you save? Like, do you not? Don't you like want to save before a particularly risky? attempt to get past a guard? Like, are you doing that?
1: Uh, I haven't so far. It's okay. pretty much, the the limit has been, oh, I gotta go to bed, or oh, I I gotta go do something, so.
0: So when you get killed, or when you have to kill someone, or whatever, you just start over at the last, are there checkpoints in Dishonored 2?
1: There are checkpoints, but it's. Okay. I think it's, it, if you're doing it in the spirit of the game, you start at the
0: beginning of the level. Wow, so it's kind of Iron man
1: it's sort of Iron man yeah. All right. I, I'm not even sure. I, I, I think there's a New Game Plus mode. I haven't done the New Game Plus mode, but you can go through, like, old levels with all your powers that you've unlocked, which, right. I don't know, seems weird, but okay. Why is that weird? I I don't know. I, I, I feel like the beginning levels are tuned, you know, for you not to have all your powers.
0: Right. That's why it's fun uh, to go through with all your powers and just kick ass.
1: Well, yeah, I mean if you're killing everybody, sure. Oh, right, right. <laughs> but remember right. that the goal here is not to even get spotted. You you have to dodge everyone.
0: Well, so here's the question I have for you. Yeah. Why are you Why? doing this? <laughs> yeah. Is there like an achievement? If there's there an achievement, no achievement, I totally understand. No. No.
1: I mean, there's an achievement for playing what the game defines as, you know, non-lethal. Um But even then, remember, there are pitfalls to that, right? You can choke a guard out, and if you don't leave him in a safe space, he could get killed by rats or the stupid mosquito things.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? Like, he can still die, and then you don't know why you've failed.
0: Right, right. It just tells you later, sorry. Yeah,
1: yeah, at the very end of the level, it'll be like, oh, you killed two people. And you're like, what the F? (laughs) Well, you still haven't told me why. Oh, uh, I, I think just for the challenge, just for the challenge, I, I, I heard about people doing this and I thought, oh, that's that's kind of interesting. I wonder if I could do that. Right. Like that seems like a pretty horrible, hard way to play this game. Yeah. So I just wanted to try that because otherwise, I, look, I played through it the first time uh, I played on, you know, hard. But when you have all your powers towards the end of the game, you're you're a wrecking ball. Yeah, nothing is stopping you like you're just tearing through guards and just killing people left and right. It's not like it's not even like, you know, the other stealthy type games where, oh, guard spots you. Oh, you know, you might be able to fight one, but if two gang up on you, you'll die. Right. Um, Yeah. 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 When you get enough power in this game, four or five guards on you, whatever. I don't care.
0: (laughs) That was kind of my experience with the game they did afterwards. Prey. Uh, is I I felt like Prey, and this is a tuning issue, at the end, like, you just, like, have a badass shotgun and you can get past anything they throw at you. And you're just, like, using your shotgun. And I imagine it could be the same if you just develop certain powers. Uh, Like, the whole power curve eventually ends up just steamrollering the content, like the narrative and the story and the the set pieces they're trying to build. Uh, So I, I feel like that was an issue, too, with Prey. Um, yeah, I
1: felt the same way about uh, the first Bioshock. I think the second Bioshock actually did a, a a kind of a better job putting up resistance towards the end.
0: Well, let me tell you about the second Bioshock, Nick Diamond. Uh oh. You get an achievement <laughs> if you play that on hard and Iron Man. Like there's an incentive to do that sort of silly challenger stuff. Oh, and by the way, with no uh, I forget what the tanks are called that resurrect you. But when you die, you go back to one of those spawning tanks. You don't get those, it, and it's on hard, uh, and, uh, yeah, and that's so there's an achievement. So there's a reason to make Bioshock 2 super challenging. Still <laughs> not quite understanding their incentive behind doing this to yourself in Dishonored 2, though.
1: Yeah, I, I'm a masochist. That's that's really it.
0: I guess also, like, I can imagine if you really like the game and just want to sort of re-experience the content. Is that what's going on here? Are you a huge Dishonored 2 fan? Uh I I liked it quite
1: a bit. Um, I don't know if I'm a gigantic fan of it. I guess it just really started from my urge to try to play the game, you know, the passive, non-lethal way. Right. Um, And then, you know, very quickly went to, you know, I, I see people can do this without killing anyone. I wonder if I could do that. And just kind of challenging myself. It's a stupid challenge. It really is. <laughs> it's stupid. It, it like it feels not great in a lot of uh, areas. Right, right. I, well, like every time, I'm just, I'm tempted. I'm so tempted to kill these guys.
0: Yeah, but you can't. Well, the thing is too, like you're 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 also doing something that the, the designers didn't intend. Like that that to me is the real, uh, that that's that's the real hitch. There is that what you're doing isn't something the game was built to support. So you're basically kind of having to hack the game in a way. You're having to defy the expectations, the intentions of the the people who made the game.
1: Oh, very much, yeah. There there are definitely areas of the game where they set it up. You know, you can tell that there are areas where they're like, okay, we've got like four guards patrolling in this small little courtyard. There's no ledges. The player's going to have to knock one of these guys out Mm -hmm. to get past it or whatever. Um I guess that's the challenge, right? For me is, well, can I figure out a way to not do that?
0: Um, i I remember people doing this on, I forget which one of the recent days sexes it was. Maybe the, the first, like when day Ex was rebooted with, um, that Clint Eastwood sounding guy, Adam Jensen, I forget what the first one was, but, uh, when that was rebooted, people were trying to do nonviolent playthroughs of that, and I seem to recall they got really irked at the boss fights, where you had to kill someone to get right, past the yes. actual boss fight. Yeah. Uh, and so does Dishonored have that? Like, are you having a, I think you mentioned before, boss fights. So you you have to kill bosses to get past those?
1: No, no. This So Dishonored 2, it, and I think Dishonored did this too, I can't remember, but Dishonored 2 actually gives you a way to get rid of you know your your main target in each level the the boss, I guess you would call it uh in a non lethal fashion, okay okay now, some of the ways you have to do it are not what you would call non violent <laughs> like like there's a couple of them where you're doing something decidedly horrible and violent to the person, right, but right. you're not killing them, which at the end of the game, they did the, the game measures that as, oh, you're a good person. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, I have done a non-violent playthrough of an open world game, uh, a, a non-lethal. Uh, Batman Arkham Knight didn't kill anyone the whole time through. You don't know that. Yeah, I do. Batman doesn't <laughs> kill anyone, McMaster. Oh.
2: What if somebody drowned or something? He nope. doesn't kill them. What if nature kills them? No, no, Batman doesn't the let their them.
0: bodies like fall in the water. Same what? with Spider-Man game. I haven't killed anyone in Spider-Man. If they're gonna fall off a ledge, they get like saved by webs or something. Well, so, well, what saying. if?
1: Well, what if Batman gave him a concussion and
0: killed them? No, he's yeah, very funny. careful. He's got like so, uh, he he's got like medical had... sensors in his in his bat ears to make well, sure everybody nobody
2: Batman like knocks out, he runs over and turns them onto their stomach <laughs> so they don't aspirate vomit. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He'll put a spoon in their mouth sometimes if he's a little worried. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, oh,
1: right. right. God, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I would love that mechanic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Arkham Asylum or, or even better the, 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 I think the one of the later ones where it was winter time, uh,
0: Oh, the Christmassy uh, one, yeah. Yeah,
1: because, because that one got ridiculous. There were fights where it was like 20 gorgeous. henchmen all over you. And, you know, you'd do uh, the knockouts and everything. But, God, can you imagine, like, doing a fight like that and then at the end of it spending like five minutes <laughs> hitting X on each person to roll them over? <laughs>
0: And you might have to treat wounds too, like they're bleeding, or like you might have to set a broken bone, to be careful of internal bleeding. Like Batman's got a lot of work to do after these fights. You can't just like leave those guys laying around injured like that. Yeah.
1: Sit them up, call for the ambulance. <laughs> I,
0: I thought it was hilarious how they make a point to at least a couple of times, like not often enough that you would actually be be reminded, but it would be like, oh yeah, I think they did mention that. All the tanks that you shoot when the Batmobile turns into a tank are drones. Remote They're, control. Yeah. Exactly, remote control oh, yeah, tanks. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. nobody they make in a point those point of they make a point of saying that, yeah. Yeah. So uh, those are you don't have there's nobody in there getting hurt. Just so you guys know, Batman I'm, totally non lethal. I'm pretty
2: sure Batman has collapsed a few windpipes. All right. And that's that's not good. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna I mean, listen, I love Batman. He's yeah, he's he's my favorite, but I mean
0: Let's be realistic
2: here.
1: Yeah, but well, you didn't see when he gives them all a tracheotomy.
0: Exactly. McMaster, just because back, they cut away before recovery. that, that's Yeah, that's the boring part. You never see Batman go to the bathroom either, but you know he does it. So, you're equating a tracheotomy to going to the bathroom. <laughs> now, <so. laughs> I'm just saying there's some things that are less exciting than others. You don't need to show them on the screen. Right. Just cut oh, past oh. that. Yeah.
2: Right. And if oh, we no, I know I bet if Batman went to the bathroom, it'd be super exciting in that movie theater.
1: And apparently, if you're a fan of the comics, uh, uh, Batman apparently at one point revealed that he just pees in his suit.
0: No, no, Nick, don't be
2: gross. Uh, I am not kidding. I don't remember that, but... I am a fan of the comics, but I don't. There's like a million comics. Yeah, so, um. even
1: better. I think that's a Kevin Smith written comic.
0: Oh well, that in that case, that's totally believable. In that case. <laughs> right? Yeah. If you told me like Frank Miller put that in there I'd be like, well, that, but yeah, the Kevin Smith Batman, sure, I buy that Actually, totally. If
2: you told me Frank Miller put that in there, I might believe that as well, but uh, <laughs> but for different reasons, it'd be like angry peeing.
0: <laughs> I'll show you. Yeah. Uh, McMaster, have you played Dishonored too? Yeah. How many people did you kill?
2: Well, probably all of them. I'm one of those people. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't like to leave witnesses.
0: You know, so. <laughs> I really, unless they, so, Nick, is it true? Like, is there any sort of because as you kill people, it, it like it's supposed to increase chaos, and if you don't kill people, it I guess keeps chaos at bay. Uh, is there any meaningful difference as the game progresses? Based on whether that or not ending. you've been killing people? Or is that just a bullet point, a marketing bullet point that they've shoveled out there? It's the ending.
2: Yeah, the ending... Oh, it's ending just the ending?
0: No.
1: Well, there's... A... No. So there are parts where... Slide changes. Yeah, in. it feels like there are definitely less guards in some areas.
0: But it's not like rats are overrunning the city if you're doing an evil playthrough. And if you're not doing an evil playthrough... The rats just stay in the sewers. It's nothing like that.
1: No, 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 not, no, no. Not oh.
0: like the original, right?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, no.
0: All right. So I guess you, you, you plan on getting this non-lethal good ending, right?
1: Yeah, I'm curious to see it. I mean, I, I have already seen it. I spoiled myself on YouTube a long time ago, but
0: I. St- then um. why? Ugh. Because
2: <laughs> <laughs> I hate myself.
0: All right. Yeah, that. I think Tom's got a valid question now. Yeah. <laughs> You know what, Nick? I just want to leave this and put a bug in your ear. You could say that you beat the game non-lethally and actually just not do it. And just tell everyone, yeah, I did it. Because if there's no achievement, if there's nothing to demonstrate that you've done this, why bother? You know, just say you did it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, uh, you know, come play Teamfight Tactics with me.
1: (laughs) Can you play that non-lethally? Oh, sure.
2: (laughs) I mean, I mean, You technically can. I mean, if you don't put any pieces out on the board, I mean, you'll die real fast. But you haven't hurt anybody.
0: All right. Well, McMaster, you mentioned that uh, Fight Team uh, Fire Tactics doesn't have a tutorial and also that you like stuff with lots of moving parts. Yes. So, boy, have I got a game for you that Nick and I both played.
2: Okay. And also I have to like the theme.
0: Anyway, carry on. Oh, you have to like the theme. Duh. Uh, all right, McMaster. Here you go. Let me. I got one for you. How do you feel about Judaism? Uh,
2: I'm okay with Judaism.
0: It's oh, good. I was worried you were going to say something anti-Semitic. Of course you're okay with Judaism. This game you can also play as uh, ancient Judea. So there. The theme is Judaism. It's got no tutorial and lots and lots of moving parts. So the I game. Do... The, that does did, sound more interesting. Okay, here you go then, McMaster. The game for you, uh, Field of Glory, Empires. Woo! Yeah. I watched you play that, though, so... Uh. <laughs> what What did it... Did you look at that and think, oh my god, I would never want to touch that? Or did you watch it and think, oh, that's intriguing? Where Where does that fall in the McMaster um, uh, interest level?
2: The, you know, there's a lot of games I've said that I would never want to touch that to that I end up playing and liking, so... Uh, It it really didn't look like something I was that interested
0: in, though. Okay, fair enough, because I would have thought the same thing, by the way. Like, it just looks – a lot of these slithering war games, uh, especially regarding, like, ancient warfare, I just kind of shrug and I'm like, yeah, whatever. There was actually a really cool one called Aggressor's Ancient Rome where it just took a couple of interface annoyances for me to decide, yep. Screw this and just sort of wipe my hands of it and be done with it. I'm out. Yeah, exactly. I'm out. And normally, like if it was a game that I was digging, if it was some cool science fiction setting or whatever, I'd put up with that stuff. But if it's just ancient warfare around the Mediterranean, oh, it's It's kind of boring boring to me. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I'm with you. So you just screw up the interface at one point where I can't check a piece of information, and yeah, I'm done. I'm out. (laughs) So, (laughs) but to this game's credit, I haven't hit that point. Uh for a couple of reasons. So, so Nick, you did play this. And so Nick, I want to ask the same thing I asked you about dishonored too. Why (laughs) did you play this?
1: (laughs) So mainly, uh, I, so I, I was an early adopter of, uh, Imperator. Uh, I don't know. What is is that? That's the earlier grand strategy game that paradox put out, uh, which, uh, is, very paradoxy grand strategy um but they did some stuff in it that and i don't think i'm alone in this a lot of people hate
0: why um, do i not know about imperator is it a recent thing or an old thing
1: It's very recent it's very recent yeah
0: oh um, it's because it's ancient rome
1: right oh that's why I it, that's okay. right. I see. yes right. yes because right. it's ancient rome okay um so they so anyway, they did a couple things. I don't think a lot of people like the things they did uh, to the point that the developer is promising now to kind of adjust and sort of roll back some things that they put into the game that people mm-hmm. didn't care for. Um, but in the meantime, this came out. Um and then uh, and it's, it's kind of that similar, you know, grand strategy, Rome, a um, bunch of dudes in, you know, skirts and helmets fighting each other.
0: Um, <laughs> and sandals. Don't forget the sandals. Right. And
1: sandals. Yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And apparently wristwatches.
0: <laughs> Wait, what? Uh,
1: no. No, no. Yeah. Sorry. Bad, <laughs> bad joke. That's in uh, Spartacus, I
0: believe. Oh, does someone have a wristwatch in Spartacus?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. A, it's there's like there's a, the a Starbucks a of...
0: cup in Game of Thrones. That's great. There's a yeah. scene with a bunch there's of there's also... college kids. Yeah. <laughs> There's, uh, it's also
2: a, um, in Game of Thrones there was the water bottle last right, season. Right, yeah. right, their, yeah. their QC was really nuts
0: last season for some reason. Well, so far I've seen no Starbucks cups, water bottles, or wristwatches in Field of Glory Empires so far. No.
2: I, I wish you would though. That would, <laughs> that would be the best Easter egg ever. Oh my gosh.
0: Well, it's, part of uh... the problem with it is, and Nick, you can back me up on this. Where would you put that? This? this, this game is just a lot of. It's a map and tons and tons of numbers.
1: So many numbers. Yeah. So many numbers. (laughs) And if it's definitely one of those games where if you don't read the manual, you're effed. You're like, oh, my God.
0: (laughs) So Nick Diamond, come on. You're old enough to know this is how games used to be. You used to have to read a manual to play complicated games. That's just how the world used to work. This is like a throwback to the 90s.
1: I – see, I I disagree. I feel like if I fired up Civ 2 or Civ 1 and Uh didn't crack a manual, Uh I could suss it out.
0: Nope. Not only because you've played those. If you were to sit – no, seriously. If you were to be – I mean the Civ games have instilled in us their a vocabulary. Like we understand yeah. so many things yeah. about Civ from playing Civ, and each successive game has, has had some connective tissue to what we've already learned from the previous games. If you were to be, be sat down blind in front of Civ 2, Civ 3, Civ 1, I, I think you would – Sid Meier wanted you to read a manual back then. Um, they were big manuals.
1: I don't know if they were quite They this were beautiful big.
0: manuals back then. Yeah, they yeah. were beautiful. Yeah. The, this manual
1: is a little uh, dense.
0: Well, also, part of, two, what's going on here is Civ, and this is, again, part of how Sid Meier makes games. A civilization game, the pattern is it starts simple with a few elements and gets more and more complex as it goes. This is very much like a paradox game, where it's dropping you into the middle of a historical point in time, and some of those points in time... Are pretty expansive, with a lot of territories and a lot of numbers and multiple armies to manage. Uh, so there's none of this nonsense where okay, I just have one settler, and I just have to know okay, build a city. Now I've got to decide which of these four things do I want to train. Now I've got to move move a unit around. You know, Civ is built to unfold from one piece to you know a hundred pieces over time. That's right. definitely not the case here. Yeah.
1: Oh, and and woe be to the person that starts the shorter scenario thinking it's the easier... Kind of ease the newbies in.
0: That is weird that they call it. Okay, so there's this scenario, and then there's the grand campaign. So you're obviously like, oh, I'm just starting. This is my first game. I'm not ready for a grand campaign. Let me do this scenario. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, let me try the small one. Oh, and I'm I'm playing Rome, right? It says, hey, you're you're starting as Rome. You're starting in a good position. Everything's fine. You're like, okay, that's got to be for newbies to ease me in. You start it up, and the first thing that happens is four countries attack you immediately. Yep. And you're just like, oh, my
0: God. <laughs> now, do you know the reason why you should know better, Nick? The manual says otherwise. The manual explains this stuff. <laughs> and it even tells you when you go into the grand campaign, it explains what the different groupings of, of – of they're called factions, but they're really nations, what the different groupings of factions are. Like, why is this in the top tier? Why are these in the middle tier? Why are these in the bottom tier? Furthermore, it gives you, like, strategy notes for each one. It kind of recommends, you know, maybe try this one if you're looking for that. Like, there's so much content in the manual. The manual really is, and I don't mind this, but I can, this really is a relic of the eight, of the 90s. Nobody does this anymore. The manual is a 200-page book you have to read before you play field of glory empires and i personally i'm okay with that i love that but i can imagine people and nowadays they want a tutorial they want the tooltips to be able to sort of struggle through and then figure things out by reading tooltips and that's clearly not what's going on here yeah no 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 so nick you Mm -hmm. didn't feel like reading a 200 page book
1: uh no actually i'm (laughs) I, i i've read through well Full confession. I've skimmed through it, read some parts of it. Right, right. Um, you know, and I have it. I, I actually I actually did the old school thing and printed it out.
0: <laughs> Whoa, that's hardcore. You're harder core than I am. Okay. All printed right.
1: printed it out so I can I can sit there with it and and play, you know, the game as much as I can with it open. Uh, because <sighs> Yeah. I, I, I wait, I thought you – because you, you,
0: you were saying things like this game is – like I thought you were done with this. Like I thought you you completely backed out of this and uninstalled no. it and were done with it. Oh. No, 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 no. No, no. Well, wait a minute. Do you – Nick, do you like this game? I think I might like this <sighs> game. Okay, so here's my one
1: caveat though. Uh huh. I don't think I would like it as much if I didn't have Field of Glory 2 to link into it.
0: Real? Okay, Okay. so explain why this is, because I'm not – this is a weird thing to me, so explain this.
1: Okay, so for the people that don't know, if you have Field of Glory 2, which is made by the same publisher but a different developer, Field of Glory 2 is a tactical battles game. Again, swords, sandals, skirts. Mm-hmm. Um, same era. But if you have that, and then you have Field of Glory Empires, when you go to a battle – uh, in Field of Glory Empires, you have the option to export that battle into the other game, play it out there, and then import those results back into Field of Glory Empires.
0: Now, I would see a feature like that and think, yeah, it probably doesn't work very well. But so far in my experience, it looks like it does actually work pretty well. Like, it's pretty smooth. It's, it's a it, pretty polished process.
1: It does work very well, and uh, I am not at all jazzed by the com- whatever the combat engine is that... <gasps> Field of Glory Empires is using Oh,
0: that. you don't like it. Wow. No, I don't
1: like it. I okay. do not like uh-huh. that thing.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it, Nick. So so here's another thing, too. Uh, and this, I think, is something that Sid Meier hit on. And for a lot of people, that they, they don't really care. My, my feeling about this sort of grand strategic oh. game is that whenever you then break it out into tactical battles, there's kind of a cognitive dissonance. Like you're, you're kind of forcing the player to play two different games. And sometimes this works for me. Like I love Age of Wonders 3. Uh, and that's all about the tactical battles. Um, in Imperialism 2, you could do tactical battles. But clearly, this is built to be played with its own combat system. And it's actually a tactical battle, but you have no control over it. Like, it, it rolls the dice for you, and you can watch a replay if you want. And that's a great way to learn about the units. But it's totally hands-off. The battle happens. It's all about you move the units around on the, the board, on the, the the provinces, and when they fight, it just happens and then you go back to the grand strategic level. Um,
1: right. It's like auto chess.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it is. All right. Put me back. in my place. <laughs> 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 well, So one of the things that I wonder then is are you cheating? Like by playing the battles in a tactical – like where you can finesse everything – using, like, tactics and the various terrain. Like, surely the AI falls apart at a tactical level in a game like Field of Glory, or, uh, yeah, Field of Glory 2. Uh,
1: I've, so I've tried the thing where I save, and then I play the battle in Field of Glory Empires, Mm -hmm. and then I will go back, reload, and play that same battle, exporting into Field of Glory 2. Mm Mm-hmm. I get better results in Field of Glory Empires.
0: So it sounds to me like you're not very good at Field of Glory too. That's true. Oh, <laughs> no, that's that's true.
1: <laughs> but I find it a lot more engaging. And and right. to you know what you said, here, literally, it is two separate games, right? Yeah. Like I yeah, the, yeah. that is my and I think I mentioned this in the forum is I wish there was a better Link for this because I I do dislike exiting one game starting the next game import you know going well to, you're like, not doing this for every battle percent. are you no not every battle okay because
0: no. I mean, one, one of the right, because one like, of the the things of a of a game like this is that most battles and this is true of history, most battles are not close, and there's no well, point getting in there doing it yourself. Most battles, somebody's just getting rolled over someone else. The exception, and this is a reason that these are exceptional battles that stand out in history, are the closer battles. Uh, so, so when I'm playing, because I've thought about doing it this way, I'm right now just still learning the strategic level, uh, so most of my, all of my playthroughs at this point are just kind of experimenting around. But I do look forward to, at some point, Resolving the important battles in Field of Glory too, but I can only imagine there would be in any given playthrough, like I, I don't know, a half dozen, maybe. Uh,
1: yeah, maybe. I mean, I, yeah. They but you're just I, saying I mean,
0: it's it, it's still tedious. Like you still have to load up a secret, a separate executable. Um,
1: yeah, but, and then one of the so one of the weird things is. Uh, this is one of those games that has like a little splash screen that pops up with a hey, yeah. this is what's going on in Feel the Glory, blah, 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 news from the developer, or whatever. And then click there's on here, here's our other
0: games for sale. Yeah, right. yeah.
1: And click on a play button, right? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, if you have both games, when it's time to export or import or go back and forth, you have two different splash screens that look almost identical. <laughs> 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 so. It's been a few times now where I've exited one game, meant to go into the other one, and I hit that splash screen
0: for the other game. And right, oh, right.
1: Oh, I'm back at ah, – back in <laughs> Empires. What am I doing?
0: <laughs> All right. Back through another loading screen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I'm uh, – so there's this this concept that uh, – so I invented this. So if you guys ever use it, you got to credit me. There's this thing called a chick parabola, and the idea is you get a really complicated strategy game like this uh, and – it's super engaging as you're learning about it, and your level of involvement and enjoyment, and it's just fun learning a new game. And if you were to like chart that on a curve, it gets more and more involving and fun, and you get and you like it more and more as you're learning the systems. And that's where I am right now is I'm at this super high peak of yeah, this is cool, and look how everything fits together, and I'm loving the resource management and the way that the military stuff works, and yeah, okay, the diplomacy, whatever. But for the most part, I'm really, really digging this but i'm starting to wonder wait what's the ai doing because that's what happens at the top of this curve is you know the game well enough to realize the ai isn't playing it very well and then at that point why bother and it just becomes less and less fun and the curve sort of goes down the other side and you've you've gone over this parabola so i'm right now at the point where i really like the systems that i'm learning but i'm seeing the ai just so I've got to play through as Judea, and Judea starts as one. So, so the game begins after Alexander the Great dies uh, too early, and then all this, his holdings are left to his generals, and they they split into multiple empires. And part of this happening means that the areas that have been conquered, some of them sort of pop up between the, the gaps. So it's a it's a time of chaos, um, and Judea is one little province over in the Levant, and. They recommend that as one of the possible playthroughs, uh, and i was thinking, okay, that would be interesting. And actually, I definitely recommend it as a way to learn things like how to manage the citizens, how the buildings work. Because when you've got, you know, ten provinces, if you're playing Rome or Carthage uh, or, or someone like that, it's easy. You just it. It's harder to sort of see how any given province works when you're playing just one province. The the cause and effect of your decisions and what things you do and what's available, all that's much more clear. So I'm playing Judea, and and yeah, it's pretty cool. You uh, are sort of hemmed in on either side, but you've got some options. Uh, The whole point, and I love this because they've scripted stuff like this, is to rebuild the temple. And this historically happened when uh, Babylon conquered Israel. They raised the temple, carried them off into captivity, and then eventually uh, they founded a second kingdom and they built a second temple. And this little playthrough is Judea is all about building this second temple, which, historically, Rome is going to come in in about 200 years and knock it over. And that, that's – I don't know how scripted that is. I don't know if that's something that you can escape. But I'm like 40 turns in, and I've got this big, huge Judean empire sprawling across the Levant. The Levant. I'm about to go in and take like the pyramids and the sphinx from Egypt. and, and like, do it. Yeah, and that like I, I feel like, I feel like the AI shouldn't be letting me do that. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of it is because I'm there's like this whack-a-mole stuff going on, and this was a big problem with Paradox Games early on, and I think they still struggle with it. Um, this idea that y- you know you you fight an army and there are survivors on both sides because armies don't just fight to the death. But then the survivors run away, and sometimes they run away back into one of your territories that you were trying to protect. So now they've accidentally conquered your capital or whatever. So you go to attack them, but then they move on to another territory. And then maybe they split into two. And you This whole whack-a-mole of chasing little armies around the map. I'm starting to get a, this dismaying sense of, oh God, this again. Uh, so that's another thing too, where I'm like, the, I'm, I'm sort of, starting on that downward slope on that on the parabola there uh nick have you uh so which which faction did you jump into you, you mentioned rome
1: well of course uh started with rome uh then uh carthage mm-hmm. uh just you know the the heavy hitters right macedonia um and i did try judea for maybe two turns and mm-hmm. then gave up uh <laughs> Uh, and uh, what's the one <laughs> there's an outfit in Africa that I'm playing with right now
0: uh, and are any of them grabbing you more than the others because one of the things they mention in the manual uh, is one of the inspirations is Dominions five where they want the factions to feel very different from each other uh, I've only played three of them but are, are there is there any faction that you are liking more than the others
1: uh, I, I am liking the one that I'm playing now um, i I do like. Uh, and you you touched on it before i like that the there's like goals and little uh, uh, like mission quests that mm-hmm. are unique to a particular faction or civilization um that's pretty cool i like and those that. are
0: kind of i believe those are partly randomized as well oh are they yeah i think so uh, uh, all right well which which to me i mean i like that idea it lends theoretically like replayability uh and and i get the sense too that that, that's part of the reason that my Judea is expanding crazily, is when I go and grab an objective, I, the game gives me another one, and it's within reach, and it's over there in an empire that's pretty weak, so it's relatively easy for me to go over there and get it, uh, whereas I was just going to hang out and like turtle and wait for Rome to show up in a couple hundred years, but it's telling me, hey, go out and grab these little points. And and these little points that you grab, these objectives, get at something that even though I've read the manual, it still kind of eludes me. I, I get what they're going for. I mean, I think I understand the mechanic in mechanically, but I don't know why it's working this way. Or, Nick, Nick, are you following their whole deal with civilization, tears, and ages?
1: No, so I have a base understanding of it, and... There's a couple of I, I think really smart guys in the forum that have done a really good job of explaining it. Okay. Uh, and one of the keys is uh, one of their suggestions is uh, so part of the tiers is there's like uh, there's like new and stable and old or something so like those that. So
0: those are the ages. There are tiers right. and ages within each tier. There are five ages. Yeah.
1: Yes. And so one of their suggestions is, instead of old, think of it as in decline. Because old doesn't really tell you what the game is trying to tell you. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, if for you and me, old just means, oh, well, that civilization's been around <laughs> a while, right? Like, like, what's wrong with that? In fact, that's good, right? Like, a, the longer a civilization's around, they must be doing great. What the game really means is, you're in decline you're starting to slide into barbarism or decadence or whatever. That's what old means in the game.
0: Right, right. Like it's – a, it's, it, yeah. But is that where you're getting more legacy though? I guess it's glorious. We're getting, so yeah, there's those five right. tiers and you're right. So and, – and do you know – so this is the weird thing. To move, you, you kind of want to climb up this level. Like you start as a, a tier one civilization. I think some of them actually start tier two. And you want to get to tier three. Eventually, because that's where the cool stuff is, and you get more freedom and you're more prosperous. Uh, and that's the case regardless of the type of government. All governments have a tier three uh, and and you want to get there because ultimately in this game, it's about getting legacy and that's your that's your score, basically, right. And the higher tier you are, the more legacy you can get. So to move up an age within a tier, and then when you get to that best age and it's called glorious, And then once you advance Glorious, you ding up from Glorious, then you move into the next tier. Uh, And actually, I think there's a thing about getting Golden Ages first. But at any rate, to move up (laughs) these levels, you want to get five progress tokens. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Are you clear on this? Because this took me a while to sort of wrap my head around. I, I think I got this it sounds now. sounds so crazy. <laughs> it, it, the reason that it that it uh, appeals to me, Nick, is it it sounds to me, and it's not at all when you sort of look at it. But the terms that they're using sound very board gamey to me. Uh, yes. The the yes. actual implementation, no, no, not, not board gamey, not at all. <laughs> but the idea of getting a progress token, like that's something I want in a board game, and it's it's obviously a discreet little chit, and it probably feels great under your under your fingers, and you. Pull it over to your side of the board, and it sits there, and it marks your progress. Uh, Right,
1: you can have a little stack of them. Right, exactly. You know, like poker chips. You can can whizzle them around and distract your opponents with the noise.
0: (laughs) But here, they're just little dots next to your name. Yeah. Yeah. So the (laughs) idea is, though, you you get five progress tokens, and then you move up to the next age. And the way you get progress tokens – so there's this whole trade-off, and I I do like this – uh, although, again, I'm not convinced it's working the way it should because as Judea, I shouldn't be expanding as much as I am. But the, the idea is that you have culture on a, as a positive force for advancement and then decadence as a negative force that's pulling you backwards. Now, decadence is more lucrative, of course. Uh, so if you just want to make money from gambling dens and slave markets and whatnot, yeah, do that. But you're going to have a high decadence rating. And if you don't offset that with culture... You are going to fall below on this list called the CDR. <laughs> McMaster, I'm going to give you a quiz. Are you ready?
2: Uh, sure, right.
0: What does CDR stand for? It's, it's, it's referenced multiple times in Field of Glory Empires. Mm-hmm. CDR. Uh, CD readable. <laughs> right? You would think. Actually, exactly. Yeah. There's probably multiple things it can mean. No, McMaster, you were close. It's your culture decline ratio. No,
2: oh, yeah, readable CDs
0: were part of the culture in the So all the factions in this game, there's 75. They're on a list based on the ratio of culture they're making to their uh, their uh, to, to their to their decline uh, ability. So all this this culture decadence this decadence rating, everybody's rated by a ratio, and then they're listed from one to 75. And if you were in the top third. You have a percentage chance between turns of getting a progress token. It's basically saying, hey, if you've got more culture than decadence, we're going to give you, you're going to roll a die and you might get a token each turn. If you're in the bottom third, then it's going to roll a die and maybe give you a negative token because there's negative and positive tokens. Um, So basically, it's a continuum from one to ten. You start at zero. If you get five positive tokens, then you're going to age up. If you get five negative tokens, then you're going to age down towards, as Nick called it old, towards the lower level, which could, I think, bump you down a tier. Um, So it's all about getting these tokens. I think the overall gameplay drive is managing this CDR uh, to get tokens and to move up your civilization up ages and then up tiers. And another way you get tokens, and the surefire way to get these tokens is... Every now and then, your government will will pick a territory and say, hey, this is your objective. And if you yeah, go and go you grab it. that territory, you get a token. So short of sitting there and waiting for the dice to roll in your favor, you can go out and grab territory to get tokens, which it, now I'm just doing what I do in a paradox game. And I'm trying to paint the map my color because there's a, a token waiting for me over here for me to gobble up. Uh, and and I just feel like they have this really cool idea that is ultimately – that that should, I feel, play differently than a Paradox game, but I feel like I'm just playing a Paradox game. I'm just trying to gobble up as much territory as I can, uh, and I could do that in Europa Universalis 1, it's, 2, 3, 4, and 5.
2: It's not lost on me that you made fun of me for glassing over during my discretion. <laughs> but <laughs> McMaster, this, this is all history. And, oh, oh, I didn't – oh, okay. So you
0: have like a scale based on tokens –
2: yeah. In for history. every civilization
0: in yep. history. Augustus Caesar okay. had a little chest where he kept his progress tokens famously. Okay. Okay. Alexander the Great yeah. he carried his around in his front pocket. His progress and tokens.
2: Right. What, did they screw up his back and that's why he really died or something? Did he uh...
0: He literally caught a cold. I mean Alexander the Great's death. Yeah, was I know. He play, got the but yeah, yeah. It
1: was from lifting tokens.
0: No, it was probably from everybody
2: else who had been using those tokens, and they were filthy. <laughs> filthy. <In no laughs> just filthy. Just like dollar. The, they pass like hands the so Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's why I got it. Yeah,
1: I get the impression that there's supposed to be, or, or there there is a, you know, it's, it's one of those mechanics where if you spread too quickly, i.e. paint too many territories with your color, it's supposed to you know, push you down that decadence.
0: Exactly, because uh, one of the prime yeah. creators of decadence is the size of your empire. Yeah,
1: right. But I, yeah, I, I think depending on the civilization and, and how things roll out, it, I don't know if
0: it works quite the way it does. Well, yeah. that's the thing, Nick, about Judea, by the way, super cultured. These guys have culture coming out their ears, so they are more than offsetting, at least in my playthrough, and I'm playing on the balanced difficulty level. That's another whole argument, too, is all the difficulty levels here. I'm sure there are people listening thinking, Tom, you're not playing it on the hard enough difficulty level. Whatever. I'm playing it on what the developer calls balanced. (laughs) And on balanced, Judea is creating so much culture that it's, it's easily offsetting the decadence I'm getting by moving into Egypt and taking Syria and Phoenicia. Like I've got this – the whole Levant is mine, and seriously, I'm not even making this up. I'm thinking of going down and getting the pyramids and the Sphinx because those give me culture. They will more than offset the decadence that I would probably make by expanding my empire down there. And that's not yeah. how Judea should play. I don't think. I mean, I don't know. I, maybe um, they want – maybe it's like a Jewish revenge fantasy that they've picked into Yeah, that's into what the I game. was thinking. It's, it's like this weird Jewish, <laughs> Jewish power fantasy. I mean, right now I've got greater Israel on the map. Like, it's it's the shape of Israel plus at this point. Uh, and, and I guess Judea got there briefly, but uh, – you know what? It, unless Rome hurries up and comes down and kicks my ass, I'm going to call this game a historical. <laughs> I'm going to say, nope, fakey, fake, Yeah, Leo not realistic. Is. <laughs> going to explode. Well, it is
1: pretty hilarious when you uh, when you start like the grand campaign and you go down the list of, I don't know, however many, con- you know, factions that you can pick from. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're rated for difficulty uh, on a five star scale. And there are no one or two stars. Yeah,
0: it's the, the three <laughs> like to they five. They started yeah. three. I'm like, what is this scale, man? yeah. <laughs> There was one – I was looking at because it's rated for, I think, difficulty and interestingness or something like that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. There's there's, that one, yeah. I want to look it up, but there was one because I was going through it when I was live streaming it. There's one faction that I think has two stars on interestingness, Uh, and that's the only two-star rating. Everything (laughs) is three to five for difficulty and interestingness. So I did see one thing that was two stars. I want to find out what poor little faction that is. Jesus, how interesting you (laughs) bastards (laughs) are. Right, exactly. it's going to be like mississippi or something yeah
1: i feel like it'll be like those uh it'll be like those sports games where athletes get angry at ea or whatever for rating them low exactly
0: right yeah, yeah. no my passing skill is easily a 5 right yeah. <laughs> yeah, i just talked sports right there i don't know if you guys could tell I, I, no, that was pretty sweet dude i thought i was with a the jock there for a minute <laughs> Woo. So sure. one thing I do want to touch on that I do like, because by the way, Nick, I I really, really like uh, Fields of Glory Empire. And again, it's partly because I'm at the top of that parabola, and I really like a lot of the systems they've built, and I mainly like the system of uh, resource interplay and buildings. Uh, one of the issues with Paradox's games is there's just not much to do. Uh, you know, you build your armies and you move them around, but if you're not playing the Conquest game, And this is something that they've tried to address with DLC in various ways. And a lot of times it'll break the game that they make. Um, But this game is designed so that you constantly have input. It's basically each region is a city and civilization in that you can spread the population around in different ways. You decide what buildings to build in there. And the buildings that you build create this web of uh, resources. And it's super detailed resources. There's things. There's like, like figs. And dates, two different resources. It's not just like generic uh, desert fruit. There's figs and there's dates. You know, there's... uh, So I love how detailed all of the resource stuff is. I I love how intricate that is. And I love how many buildings there are. They do a cool thing too. So there's got to be, I don't know, 200 buildings in this game. When you go to a territory to build something, you don't have to look at a list of 200 buildings. Instead... It's like drawing – you randomly draw five of them, uh, one of each type. And you can't just like – I can't just go everywhere and build a granary. Because in civilization, that's how it works. Okay, granary, temple. Yep. Uh, yeah, the, the same three List, things you yeah. always build. Yeah. yeah. And this, unless you draw that card, you're not going to be able to do that. Like certain territories are going to develop based on random draws. And I really like that. And that that is something that has eluded a lot of the Paradox games is – interesting moment-to-moment decisions and risks to take and, 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 uh, mutually exclusive choices. Uh, so at this point, until it falls apart, which I suspect it might, uh, I'm really, really digging Field of, em- Field of Glory Empires. Yeah. Uh, McMaster, I'm going to need you to, uh, play my judea game i just need you to move the armies out take a bunch of territory for me there's no armies that are going to resist you you i just need you to hit in turn after you move the armies out and wait for the turn to pass
2: can you uh could i play like gandhi or something is there a gandhi choice in
0: here you're, you're going you've just left the east edge of the map you've fallen off the edge of the world nice move oh okay okay <laughs>
2: I got confused about this game at certain points. So I
0: don't, I don't know. <laughs> All right, maybe I shouldn't let you play my saved game then. I'm, I'm a little worried. Good. All right, so McMaster playing Fire Tactics Fight Team. <sighs> Nick Diamond playing Dishonored Two, and uh, I was here to talk about Field of Glory, Fields of Glory, and no, Field of Glory. It's just one field. Empires, uh, and that's what we got for you this week. Oh. Come on back in two weeks. McMaster has promised that he would play something that's not a mod for children. So join us in two weeks. We'll find out what that is. I'm Tom Chick. I've been here with Jason McMaster, Nick Diamond, and we'll see everyone next time. Cheers.